Uh, Canada, what are you saying? That you want to see pinball machines done by the time they get to customers. I want it that way. Is it really that hard, everybody? Welcome to episode 626. I just took a COVID rapid test. I'm negative after expo. All is good. I had a cup of coffee. Killian and Brenda are amazing. We got some new Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. All is good in the world. But I want to tell you on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I want to tell you that I think that every single pinball machine that is released to customers should be done. That is the way that I want it. It is crazy to me that people continue to make excuses. I want to tell you something right now. The one reason why, the only reason why these pinball companies get away with releasing products that are not finished. Think about it. Do you buy any other product in this world before it is finished? Do you move into your house before it's done? Well, maybe some of you do. Do you go see a movie before the special effects are put in? Would you accept a meal at a restaurant if it wasn't cooked? And so why is it, why is it for all this money, right? For all this money, why as a community do we continue to defend this behavior? And I see the fanboys, I see the fanboys who are saying, Kanita's a hypocrite. He bought Batman 66 before the code was done. And let me tell you, I bought my Batman 66 about a year and a half after the game was out. So there was some code in it. But even though I bought Batman, doesn't mean I endorse that behavior. Yes, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Lyman Sheets gets two years after a game is out to complete it. And the only reason it exists in this hobby of ours, and you know the reason, it's because we allow it to exist. If everyone in the pinball community would stop buying incomplete games, would stop buying games before they saw the games, would stop buying games before they played the games, then it would force the manufacturers to guess what? To complete the games, to finish the games, to put everything that they have into the game. Because I don't want to be where we are right now with some of these titles, and I'm gonna name names. It is not fair to buy a $9,000 game called Halloween, and you have no idea what assets they have. You have no idea. And I keep hearing, oh, they're going to have 30 clips. 30 clips that could be two to three seconds long. Do you know how many clips are in Godzilla? Do you know how many clips are in Batman 66? Way more than 30. Do the math, people. 30 clips times three seconds. 90 seconds of clips for two movies. And everyone is like, oh, Canada needs to shut up. Canada's turned on spooky. Canada's doing this. Canada's doing that. Canada's not doing anything. I'm just calling it like I see it. And I'm not turning on spooky. I still have got my Ultraman order in. I'm still in on Ultraman number 500 because I think there's going to be way more. And I mean this, way more inside of Ultraman than there is in Halloween. And I know for a fact that they are struggling to get the assets they want in Halloween. And they'll tell you that. Ask them. Just ask them straight up, do you have access to all the movie clips you want? And you're going to hear, they don't. And you're going to hear like, well, we don't want the movie to keep looping in the game. Sure you don't. Sure you don't. You don't want to keep showing people the scenes they love and the thing they love. Absolutely. Sure you don't. What happens in Big Lebowski? We see looping clips that are amazing. What happens in Batman 66? We see looping clips that are amazing. What happens in Godzilla? We see looping clips that are amazing. 
But here's Canada. Oh my God, he's, he's, he's doing such a negative thing again. No, I'm not. I want you guys to get everything that should be in these games, and so do they. Here's the craziest part. Nobody loves this theme more than Spooky. That's why they're making it, and they want as much in this game as you do. So yes, let's wait and see what they can get into the game, but my main point is this. We shouldn't have to wait and see an entire year after you've bought a game. You shouldn't have to wait and see 18 months if you're going to get everything you want into the game for $9,000. Would you buy a Rolex watch for $9,000 if Rolex said to you, a year from now, it's going to tell time properly? Yet in pinball, there are all of these never-ending excuses. And I don't like it when Spooky does it. I don't like it when Stern does it. I don't like it when Jersey Jack does it. I mean, talk to Jack fans. They're still waiting on Pirates of the Caribbean Final Wizard mode. Keith, just give it to the people who own this game. It's done. There are people beta testing that Pirates of the Caribbean code forever. So then it's like, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the remake of the game if you're going to do it again? Or are you just doing this on purpose? But that's not like a incomplete game by any means like there's already too much in pirates of the caribbean one missing wizard mode does not make a game incomplete so i just want to go on the record right now that canada doesn't like any game coming out incomplete and canada might have to be a hypocrite and buy an incomplete game because i have no choice but the reason i have no choice is that you me and everyone in this community completely accepts this from all the manufacturers but Stern has gotten way better than this. Right? If you bought a Godzilla now, there might be some missing battles with monsters. But for the most part, there is so much game in there and they're going to make it better. And my main point is this. If a game is great and it's 80% complete, people will be okay with that. But that's not what's happening over with Halloween. It's not like the game is great and there's just more greatness to come. Absolutely not. People are like, it needs more to become what we want it to be. And I get the apologists are going to hate me. And I, I shouldn't even be doing this. I shouldn't even be kicking the spooky hornet's nest because, man, those apologists come at me like madmen. Some guy said, who the hell is he? Nobody listens to that mess. In five years, people are going to say, who's Canada? Someone wrote that in the Halloween thread. And someone needs to tell that guy. I've been doing this for five years, number one pinball podcast for five years, and in five years from now, people are going to be saying, we really miss Canada. They're not going to be saying, how do I get a Halloween? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I think they overmade some of these titles. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about how hard it was to get a Cactus Canyon remake. That's the big thing on Pinside now. These guys, people are saying do another babies episode by all the moaning and groaning because people couldn't get one of the 1,250 Cactus Canyon remake LEs. I'm going to talk about that, but I just wanted to start this episode by saying get off my back. You know these games should be complete. You know for this much money when you buy these unnecessary toys, they should be complete out of the box. And the way Spooky Pinball should be doing this is not by launching it incomplete and telling you they have a year to fix it. No, a year ago, 
Spooky Pinball should have hired more people to work on the code of this game. And if they knew they were doing two games, they should have hired even more people to make sure both games could have been complete when they came out. They knew a year before they launched these games what the contractual assets were they had to work with on both titles. They flew to Japan with Ultraman. They're working with the guy that owns the rights to Halloween. And so you could either try to shut Kaneda up or you could actually try to be somewhat intelligent and say that's what a company is supposed to do. If you want to double your workload, you got to double your talent and you got to double your resources and you got to invest in those areas. So you can be very much an apologist and say, Canada's a baby. This is how it always goes. Or no, this company can make it into the big leagues by investing in what they need to invest in. And this is not the right way to do it. How would anyone argue that this is a smarter approach for a company to release an unfinished product and make your buyers guess whether or not the game is going to develop the way it should? They should not have to do that. The game wasn't at Expo. People aren't playing this game. You shouldn't have to spend this much money and guess what you're going to get. And I don't understand why anybody would argue for the opposite to release incomplete stuff and to make the buyers have to guess what they're getting in the game. Because you know what game's not incomplete is Cactus Canyon Remake. And you all know it's true and you spooky apologists need to just stop doing what you're doing. And I am rooting for spooky and I do want spooky to be successful. But the advice I'm giving them is accurate advice. Are you going to argue against it? If you want to argue against it, how about this? All of you apologists, and you know who you are, Pinball at gmail.com, and I would love for any of you, you know who you are, I would love for any of you, I will invite you on the show to counterpoint this, that this makes more sense to do it this way. Hit me up at Pinball at gmail.com, and let's see how many of these Halloween fanboys actually hit me up and come on the show to defend the way it's being done right now, okay? We'll see what happens. Now, speaking of spooky fanboys real quick, on my new club episode coming out, I'm gonna cover off on a lot of the rumors, news, and speculation that I know. I know rumors with CGC, I know rumors with spooky. I am gonna let you know the reason why Mr. David Van Ness is no longer at Spooky Pinball. And that is gonna be something you're gonna hear on my club episode. There's a reason why There's a reason why he's sitting back and watching this game and watching the animations and seeing how they can do it without him, okay? You're going to hear that on my club episode. All right, let's go on to Cactus Canyon Remake, right? Arguably one of the sloppiest launches of all time. Arguably, it didn't matter. They sold every single game. I talked to Joe at Pinball Star. He sold out in seconds. A friend of the show sold his in one day for $15,000. So he made almost $6,000 profit and he didn't even do any work. And for those of you who don't contribute to Canada's Pinball Podcast, I want to let you know how deflating it was for me to see that. That I do all of this work all year, doing all of these shows, and so many of you who listen struggle to five bucks, ten dollars here. This guy made almost what I make all year in doing nothing. He flipped a game. He's going to give a distributor a different address and he's going to pocket six thousand dollars so if you're on the fence 
See, I could have flipped this game. I could have done that. I could have gone. I could have grabbed one. I could have flipped it, but I didn't want to be that jerk this time. But man, when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? The guy who bought it was super rich. He's super happy. Why am I sitting on the sidelines watching these people make all this money? But here's the thing. I've been reading people complaining that they weren't able to get one. And it's a really interesting topic is, is it now at the point where getting a Nelly or getting a CE of a game is becoming so damn hard that two things are happening. The community is saying to these companies, either make more or charge more. But when you start making more and charging more, two things happen. If you make more, these games no longer are that special and that rare and they're not that collectible. And if you missed out, I mean this, if you missed out on one of 1,250 Cactus Canyons, if you missed out on one of a 1,000 Godzilla Ellie's, let me tell you something. Don't worry. These games are going to come up for sale for a very long time. These aren't Pirates of the Caribbean rare. These aren't super rare titles. There are a lot of them out there. And we all know that when Lyman Sheets does his code update, we all know that CGC is gonna offer that topper. They're gonna offer the package for people to upgrade their machines, to have everything in it. Because if the toppers got special game modes, there's no way they're not gonna let the other owners of the game experience that. So a lot of what you're paying for is probably just the apron and the armor, which aren't that special. And I think everybody needs to stop chasing all of these like FOMO releases. And I mean it, and I've stopped chasing it. Like when people were telling me at Expo that they got one of the Elvira 40th anniversary editions, I wasn't happy for them. I was sad for them because they fell victim to just the exact thing these companies are doing, which is it's the same game. It's the same game. So the only reason you're buying it it's not really to make you happier. It's so that you have something that collectors will envy. And the moment you give that up, I truly mean this, the moment you give up trying to be the envy of other collectors and just buy these games to enjoy, think about how stupid it is. In Elvira can be had for eight thousand dollars maybe they're gonna bump it up to nine now with the new price increase you can get it for eight thousand dollars is the person playing a twenty to thirty thousand dollar elvira having more fun than the person playing it for eight thousand dollars and i would argue that the person who buys it for eight is getting the same exact game the same exact everything and is also less worried about it less worried about every dimple every chip, every scratch, they're just enjoying the game. And when you have this like super expensive version of it, you're much more nervous about putting wear and tear on it. You're much more nervous about everything because it's that rare collectible. And guess what? It's only, you're only gonna see that value the day you sell it. I know they want you to just justify getting it. Look, I've been down this road in so many hobbies and at the end of it all, I'm telling you this, at the end of it all, chasing after these things is way more fun than acquiring them. The moment you acquire it and you have it, the chase is gone. But here's what's sad about all these, and I truly mean this. This isn't a chase. 
You didn't acquire this because you found some grail that was in a garage. This wasn't some like barn find of a rare car from the 70s. This is all modern day manipulated FOMO. That's all it is. These aren't, these aren't rare games. Tomorrow, Stern could just turn around and make a Green with Envy Godzilla edition, 100 of them for 25000 and you all would buy it. They could turn around tomorrow and just do another Tron with different artwork. You all would buy it. They could turn around and do another Lord of the Rings. They're going to keep doing this. None of this, none of this has any value other than collectors in modern days who are just running after this stuff. And you could go down that road and you can have a lot of money, but I'm telling you, it's not going to make your life any more fulfilling. It's not going to make you any cooler. You're not going to have a better gameplay experience, and you're not going to be any more satisfied than the guy who has it for $8,000. You're just not. But for some of you out there, I know how rich you are, and you know how rich you are, and this means nothing, and these kinds of things matter to you. Now, I've always said this. I hope someone out there actually has the guts to do two things, to make a game for super rich people. I hope someone has the guts to do that. But I also hope someone has the guts to actually make a game with $25,000 of stuff in it. That's why these games depress me. That's why the chase for Elvira depresses me a little bit because there's not more in it. You're basically paying for three dollars to $500 in decals and armor. They don't even give you a topper for $25,000. Just think about that for a minute. You don't even get the topper included. And how can we watch this and say that's a good deal? Okay, back to my other point, though, about getting in on these LEs and these CEs, right? So I got an email from someone yesterday saying, Chris, I've been trying to get on a list for people to get the new Jersey Jack Toy Story CE, and it just seems impossible to get on anybody's list. And when we look at the way Cactus Canyon sold, it was sloppy, right? It was really sloppy. Like some people bought their games through PPS and it was easier to get it that way. Some people bought it from their distributors. Some people waited for Pinball Star to send out an email blast on a Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time and Joe said they sold in seconds. So for a lot of people out there, getting one was a pain in the ass. There was no way to get one. And so how do you solve this problem and is it a problem? The truth is this, it's not a problem. This is the biggest first world problem ever. Imagine a cover story on CNN that said, rich male can't get access to $9,200 pinball machine because 1,250 other rich men got it before him. Who would care? Who actually would care that you got locked out of your expensive pinball purchase? Nobody. So it is the ultimate first world problem. Now here's the thing. If you're wealthy enough to spend $9,250 on an unnecessary pinball machine and face it, people, this is not your first pin. For how many of you out there, this is your first game? No. You've got tons of pinball machines. You don't need another. This game comes out. And so what? The only way to get one is to spend a couple thousand over sticker to get one. Guess what? Spend it. Spend it. And be happy. And shut up about it. And I mean that. You want to get a new Corvette? You want it at sticker price? Guess what? Way more people want it than there are Corvettes. So spend a little bit over, get it, live your life, be happy, and shut up about it. And I mean that. Everyone just needs to shut up about the fact that you might have to pay a couple thousand more 
The only alternative that's going to come is if the manufacturers just charge more. Do I think CGC could have charged 11.5 for this game and sold everyone? Absolutely. And that's what's going to happen next because they're going to see that these sold out in one second and now they're selling for 12,000 on the secondhand market. Well, why don't we just charge $12,000? That's what's coming next. Do you think Jersey Jack Pinball, with all they put into their games, with Toy Story coming out from Pat Lawler, do you think Jersey Jack Pinball is going to idiotically price a collector's edition at $12,500 again? There is absolutely no way they're going to do that. I almost want to do the reverse psychology where it's like, Jersey Jack, do not insult me and these rich men in this community. Do not insult us and think that all we can spend is $12,500. I would be insulted if this Toy Story CE is not more than $15,000 or at least $15,000. And I'm going to be pissed off if you think, Jersey Jack, that all I can spend is $15,000 on a collector's edition. I want to show you how much money is in my checking account. I want to show you how much money I've made on crypto this year. Don't insult us. We know Ed Robertson's got millions of dollars. We know Bill Brandis has got millions of dollars. We know the community. I hate to call you guys out, but we know you're wealthy. We know you're rich. We see your photos on Facebook, okay? You can't hide it from Canada. You're way richer than I am. And even I, even I would be willing to tell Killian, Killian, I'm sorry, son. I can't send you to college this year because I bought a bunch of pinball machines when you were young. And that was a better investment, they said, at the time. Oh, the pin crash is coming. We all know it's coming. It's not going to crash, crash, but these prices are going to come down. Do you think Stranger Things LE is going to be more than $13,000 forever? Absolutely not. Oh, by the way, I do know what Brian Eddy's next game is. I know what the game is after Rush. And Rush is 1,000% next from John Borg. I know what the next title is from Stern, and you're going to hear about it on Canada Club. But here's when you're going to have to hear it, after December, all right? January 1st, I will tell you what Stern's next title is. But that's my point, is like, there is no solution. There is no solution. And the people that have relationships with these distributors, they're going to get the games in front of you. And for all of you who are new to the hobby, I don't care if you have money. You're not going to be able to get better treatment than Canada. Guess why? Because I've been doing this for five years, making 625 episodes about pinball. I've been a part of this community all these years. And so have all those other men that are on those lists. And women too. There are women who are on these lists. But women are not crazy about collecting these LEs, are they? I don't really think so. I think most of our wives are like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? The women we've married... And maybe some of you have men and partners, but our partners in life, they look at us when we collect these expensive pins and they're like, I just need to break it to you right now. Like Brenda would be like, Chris, I need to break it to you. You're no cooler now that you have Godzilla LE. You still don't do the chores like I need you to. And you don't even need this stuff. Like this isn't going to change you. And I've said this before. And someone said this was sexist that I think women and our partners in life are smarter than we are. Like chasing after these collectible pinball machines is pretty idiotic. And sometimes we need someone outside of this community to be like, what are you doing? Why are you spending all this money on this stuff that A, you don't need, B, it's not going to make you any cooler, and C, everybody should take the money that they are going to use to buy Cactus Canyon 
or Godzilla LE. And I promise you this, and I know you're going to lose your money, but you're not going to lose your money because you're going to gain something way more valuable than a pinball machine you're barely going to play. Take the money, the 10-5 for Godzilla. Fly your family to Tokyo. Actually spend two to three weeks where Godzilla lives and you will have more fun, more memories, and it will matter more to you for the rest of your life than that pinball machine ever will. And I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. Nobody would make that trip and come back and say, you know what? My life would have been better off because I stuck another pinball machine in my basement and my friends came over and instead of having eight machines, we now have nine. And even though I can only play one machine at a time, this is more fulfilling to me. I'm telling you, hire a babysitter, drop the kids off maybe even with your grandparents and go to Tokyo and you will have way better time. And how many of you have been to Tokyo? I'm, I'm speaking to all of you right now. Because I've only been once for my honeymoon for three weeks, and it is the greatest place on planet Earth that you could visit. The best food, the best culture, the best time, and it's where Godzilla lives. You could stay in a hotel in Tokyo in which Godzilla is on top of the hotel looking right into your room. That would be more magical than finding the wizard mode on a stern machine in which I already have 15 stern machines. And you don't even get to the wizard mode because none of you are good enough to complete Keith Elwin games. You know this. Kaneda, what's in your coffee this morning? You need to stop this. We don't need Kaneda episodes like this. We just need you to go back saying how much fun you had at Expo. And I had an amazing time at Expo. And that's why I'm so in this mood because the best part of this hobby is free. And when I see people complain about not getting a cactus cannon, I'm like, guys, just shut up about it. And here's the other little dirty little secret that nobody wants to tell you. Are you ready for it? Cactus Canyon's not even that much fun. It is not. It's an okay game. It is just an okay game. If you feel like you missed out on Cactus Canyon, go play one. You are not going to walk away being like, oh my God, this is the most amazing pinball experience. No, it's a middle of the road Bally Williams game. It always was a middle of the road Bally Williams game. Like Adam's Family, way better. Twilight Zone, way better. Attack from Mars, way better. Monster Bash, way better. Medieval Madness, way better. So if you missed out on this one, guess what? You can get way better machines for way less money and have no drama and stop pouting around the house. The kids are sick of seeing you pouting around the house. I didn't get my, I didn't get my Cactus Canyon LE and the distributor said, and then they sold out and said, nobody cares. Your kids don't care. Your wife don't care. Walk down the street. Do me a favor. If you missed out on this game, walk down the street. Stop everybody you see and say, I'm really deflated today because I didn't get my $9,200 pinball machine because 1,250 of them sold instantly. And see what those people's reaction is. And maybe all of us need to start doing this every once in a while because as I said, we're living in a vacuum. And when you step outside the vacuum, you're going to enjoy this hobby more. Let me repeat that. When you step outside the FOMO vacuum, you will enjoy this hobby more. You will enjoy going to shows more. You will enjoy the games you already own more. You don't need another game. You don't. And if this was the first game you were going to buy and you got locked out, 
I've got really good news for you. You can go buy the Cactus Canyon Standard Edition or Classic Edition. It's the same game, all right? The topper's not going to change the game for you. In fact, if you think the topper is going to change the game for you so much, when you get your game and you put a topper on it, I'll come by with a baseball bat and I'll knock the goddamn topper off your machine. And guess what? You'll still be able to enjoy the machine. There won't be any difference. We didn't even talk about the fact that the guy's arms are falling off on the topper. So much for the build quality on that one. Whoops. You know, reach for the sky. And you can't with no arms. Anyway, this is my point. This is my point. This is the point I've been trying to get across for all of these years, guys, is pinball is so much fun. There's so much enjoyment to be had. And everyone who's buying a Godzilla premium is going to love that machine. They don't care that they don't have the back glass. You can't play a mirrored back glass. All right? You can't play a mirrored back glass. You can't play inner art decals. The game is the same. It's the same exact game. You know, all of this stuff, all this stuff we've overvalued, it's kind of like a really nice headrest in a car, right? Imagine a car that drives so well. Oh, but that guy's got one of 100 headrests that's made with like goose feathers inside. It's like, do you really care? Do you really care? Are you really going to step up and be like, oh, you've got the mirrored back glass? Oh my God, game's way different now. Oh, look, Jimmy, he's got the mirrored back glass. Game shoots different. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. They want you to care. Here's why they want you to care. Because all of this stuff is super cheap for these companies to put on these games. And then they're making thousands more. They are spending a few hundred more and they're getting thousands more from you. And that, my friends, is kind of funny. It really is kind of funny. If anybody else, if anybody else, like if you told anyone else who's not into pinball, the stuff we're paying more for, well, is, is the game any different? No. Are there more mechs in the game? No. Is the artwork different on the playfield? No. Is there anything mode-wise? Is there like an experience that's different? No. Is there any lighting difference in Godzilla, Ellie? No, 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 no. You keep going down the list of like nothing important is different. It's everything unimportant that's different. And welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast for all of you out there. You don't want Canada to be like this all the time. You don't want me to wake up and feeling the energy like I'm doing today. Do you want more shows like this? Do you want me to stop being like, well, you know, Spooky needs to put more code in? Yeah, I could do that. Like, that's just par for the Canada course. And maybe I'm waking up because it's Twippy season. Is it even Twippy season? Where are the Twippies? Where's Jeff Patterson announcing the Twippies? I want to say this. I spoke to him at Expo and the Twippies are happening, which means voting happens in December. But here's the thing. Usually, we've already had the announcement that that's going to take place and he also has to do the write-ins. Now, I'm going to ask two things to happen this year in the Twippies. Number one, they need to shorten the window of voting. The entire month of December is stupid. Tell me an election in the world in which voting happens for 30 days. I actually think voting should just happen in one day. I think voting should happen in one day because one day would then eliminate all the back and forth, all the stuffing of the ballots, all the stuff people do to try to win and all the campaigning for it. No, campaign before it and let your people know that this is the election day. This is the day everyone votes on it. To make it a month long is silly. 
Now, I understand if you want to stretch it out a little bit, fine. It's kind of fun to tell people, don't forget to vote, right? Oh, they have a reminder. Okay, this would be the first time in which two weeks actually stood for something good. I would open it up for just two weeks. That's plenty of time. That's plenty of time to remind people. It's plenty of time to tell your family, your coworkers, your friends, vote in the Twippies. And because it's also exhausting for those people on the ballots that to take an entire month to remind people. I would just make it two weeks long. I hope they do that. The other thing is this. We know and you know, Canada Pinball Podcast, I get it. But there's another category. I definitely want to be written in as favorite pinball streamer. Do I think we're going to beat Jack Danger? I don't. But all of these Saturday morning spectaculars, all of the Facebook lives I've been doing, that's a pinball stream, people. I'm not even playing pinball. And I do think it would be absolutely insane if Canada's Pinball Podcast even just finished second in the world's best pinball stream. Imagine if we won it, though. Imagine if we won it. Imagine if the world's number one pinball streamer doesn't even stream playing pinball. That's why I love doing this show. That's why I love having each and every one of you listen to this show because we just take a different perspective. We do take a different perspective. And I want to say, and I mean this because life is too short for the drama. There's been a lot of positive things that came out of Expo. I had a lot of positive conversations with a lot of people I've been feuding with over the years. And I've buried the hatchet and I'm going to continue to bury the hatchet. And I do want to take the high road because I do want to have more of these people, Zach, Greg Bone, people talk about pinball with me. Carrie Hardy, let's talk about pinball. Christopher Franchi, let's talk about pinball. I would love to get the Stern people to talk about pinball. I would love to get Eric Minier to come on the show and talk about pinball. Eric, I don't know why you're mad at Canada. For an entire year, I said how amazing your game is. I've done nothing but praise Eric Minier. I think he's upset because I talked about the white wood of GNR. And I'm here to tell you, Eric, don't be upset by that. You sold 6,000 games. I continue to this day to call your machine a next level masterpiece. And of course, I'm going to talk about the quality issues. And wasn't it funny that not one person even brought up the quality issues during the JJP seminar? And this is why you need Canada people. Because we shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about spooky and maybe the lack of assets in Halloween and maybe how they need to hire more talent and maybe they need to like make sure they don't release games so incomplete. Why should we be afraid to talk about that? These are $9,000 toys, people. These aren't treatments for medical issues that the world really needs. This is what we need more of this. We don't need more of like, well, you know, the modes are really great and the fan layout is really interesting and the full RGB lighting. And when you put pin stadium lightings in, it really does light up the play. Who cares? Who cares? You guys are so much more interesting than these machines. And I mean that. And that's why I loved being at Expo. And I love the fans of the show because all of you and sitting down and having a beer or talking with you guys is way more fun than playing pinball. I, I mean this when I say it. When I walked up and played Cactus Canyon, I was so bored. When I wasn't bored is when I was talking to all you guys. And it's an okay game. Don't get me wrong. It's an okay game. It's just not going to light your world on fire. And some of you out there, it's like, I don't know what you expect from these machines, but I'm telling you, the real happiness in your lives, it's the people around you. It's your family. It's your friends. It's the things you do for work. Those are the things that are going to bring you real fulfillment. It's not going to come from a Lyman Sheets coated Cactus Canyon. And if you disagree, 
canadapinball at gmail.com. And if you do agree and you want to support a show like this, I thank all the supporters on Patreon and I take all donations to canadapinball at gmail.com on PayPal. Everybody, Canada out. Later. Yeah.